There were discrepancies. Mm-hmm. My daddy worked on it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Dear Lander, a, a purely Lan Diego podcast. Purely, this is hot. We are your hosts. <laughs> I'm Jordan. I'm Amara. Today we have a couple of very special guests. The funniest person I think I've ever met. I agree. And the sweetest person I, I think I've ever met. I spend that much time I also her. agree. Yes. I know that. Yeah. We have our, our better I half son, uh, Joe LaFever, Sarah Ellingrod. Mm. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the show. The most significant of others. That's mm. you and me. That's yeah, me that's true. Yeah, it's nice that you're nice. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, it's hard. <laughs> like, as far as life achievements go, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather be funny. Yeah, well. Can't always get what you No, know, not everybody thinks I'm very nice. So. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> like, that but joke, you are very funny. That joke killed, and it cut me to the soul. <laughs> 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 so I weighed whether it was going to be offensive or funny, and I just said it, and I couldn't tell which one. <laughs> you did great. Mm, thank you. So, so what's up? <laughs> Not much. It's mid August. It's early August. Actually, we're in the first third of August. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. You you told you just played in the in the Carissa mine. You were just talking yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, tell us about that. It's a trip, you know. We uh, we're an acoustic band because we we play in the bluegrass format, right? Bass, banjo, guitar, and fiddle, mandolin, and we all sing and stuff like that. But normally we're plugged in. These days we have a dedicated sound guy, our band dad Brad, who runs good sound for us. <laughs> These dogs are gonna fight. You're gonna hear some uh, yep, background yep. noise. Background. Um, Joe and I just adopted a new puppy. Her name is Nessa. Nessa. And she and Scout are rassel buddies. They're rassel buddies, so and they are rassling right now. But anywho, so we played inside the Carissa, and it was a truly acoustic gig. Uh, there's maybe about 50 people in there. It's pretty sweet. Backwards Brewing from Casper came in and did a bunch of like ancient cocktails. They did a Corpse Reviser, a Reviver. They did a Martinez. Which is like, it's like a martini, bunch of really killer cocktails. Um, this is our second time playing Inside the Mine, which gives Joe Ellis, the manager of the whole South Pass site, kind of like um, connections because of the potential for danger in there and just having people drink in there It is kind of wild well. in there, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, they still have... It's like crazy. They're in figuring there. out how to get the old machinery working in yeah, there. The make, yeah, the smeltering is still in there. Like the like maturating tub. There was, smelter. a, there was a big lever on the wall that said cyanide, and it was just yeah. like, oh no! But and I was like, I want to pull that. Is that bad? <laughs> I mean, like, just I mean, like psychologically, is that bad? That who I am as <laughs> a person wants to pull the lever that says cyanide, cyanide and I don't even know what it's gonna do. I think that's perfectly normal. But if you do go on the tour, they explain all of that to you. So you start at the top where they're like, all of the stuff came in, you know, and then they like take you all the way down and you see all of the different sections and at the bottom is where they used all the cyanide to melt it. Oh, right. Yeah, the cyanide helped to uh, drop to- the gold out of the particulate, right? Yeah. It had like this... Yeah. This mixture of different stuff and the cyanide somehow. And then they had a way of neutralizing it before they sent it downstream, which is good. 
Mm-hmm. In fact, one of these big tanks that they had, they when they they would actually have dances way back in the day when the mine was operational, and people would dance inside of this big tub. What? Yeah, inside of the cyanide tub. Oh my! And no one ever had anything bad happen to them. <laughs> okay, what is that movie where he is it? It's Inglorious Bastards mm. where he eats the cyanide tablet. Oh, I don't know. There's probably a bunch of movies. Where There's a bunch of them, but I'm pretty sure it's that tooth. one. No, I, no. Maybe it's Diane. Maybe it's Wonder Woman. Anyway. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. But I'm like, anytime somebody mentions cyanide, I'm like, that one scene, and I can see it in my head, but I can't remember what movie it is. This was definitely a larger scale operation than a hidden <laughs> tooth. Well, yeah. Dang, I'm, my toes are getting bit. <laughs> Anywho, so we played inside the mine, and we thought that the, 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 over the eons, all of the, the, the big noises that had gone on in there had mellowed all the wood that it was made out of, because that place was sonically one of the best places oh. to play. It sounded so cool. We were talking, recording an album in there, just because it sounded so oh, that would be good. So all cool of these wooden instruments that. were Dang. just like alive and rich, and... We were kind of just in an open space with all these giant rafters and beams and stuff like that. Dude, that would be a super sick, like, recording for an album. Indeed. So, um, for our, all of our listeners that don't know, Joe is uh, part of the Low Water String Band. Mm. Yes. It's a Low Water Strong yeah. Low Water yeah. Strong Bone. Strong Bone. Uh, there, yep. We have to lift our feet. This is our 10th year, tenth year in operation. Damn, this could Oh, wow. So, You've been part of lots of different bands mm. in Lander before. Indeed. Yes. yes. Can you name off a few? Oh, All there was <laughs> yeah. there was the irreverently named Nipple. There was uh, that was probably the first band band I was in that was any any good. I was also in the Johnsons, which was the bluegrass band that the Low Waters sprung from. Yeah. What about Bruce Willis. Oh, I was also in the Bruce Willis, which was like a. You're part of a band. That- Yes. yes. And it, I used to wear the shirt. So when I went off to Missoula, so when Joe and I were first dating, well, I guess we had been dating a couple of years, but I moved to Missoula and Joe stayed here in Lander so that I could go to school. And I used to wear his baseball tee that said Bruce Just Willis like on so it. It said Bruce Willis. Mm. Yeah, lovely... but it said B-R-U and then S-W-I-L-L-A-Z. Bruce Willis. No way. Yeah. Bruce so it sounds Willis. like Bruce Willis. So it was like the rapper Kirko Bangs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Wow. And uh, like we were like one umlaut away f- over that U from Bruce. being super Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. Yeah. But I used to wear that um, when I was in Missoula because mm. I missed Joe. It's cute. What did people in Missoula say to you? Nothing. They said nobody said anything. I think it was because it was kind of across my chest, and nobody was really looking at it. You know what I mean? They were kind of like, "That says something," but I'm not gonna stare. (laughs) Yeah. And it was also in like I don't know a weird font, so it was kind of hard to read. It was cool. It was a cool font. It was a super cool font in the '90s when I had that made, or when the early 2000s when I had that made. It was cool. Damn. Dude, I bet that shit's cool now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the Fluffy Buffalo, Lander's Funk, funk Band, for a good yeah, long yeah. while. We did that one. I ran that from behind the bass, and that was a lot of fun. I think that was a party vibe, for sure. Fluffy Buffalo was the moment where I realized that Paul Primrose was like, 
exceedingly cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because right? I was still in high school the first time I saw a fluffy buffalo perform right. at Gannett Grill. Uh-huh. And I was kind of like, holy shit. Mr. Primrose is like... Poly P, man. He's like a cool teacher. Well, un- and he's undoubtedly, like but... multifaceted musician, right? Because yeah. like push root with us, he plays the keys, mm. he plays the guitar, he also plays the accordion randomly. Mm-hmm. Like... Dude's got it. And he writes, too. I mean, like, he can write some music as well. Yep. Just an amazing human. Indeed. Yeah, he's pretty sweet. What a good dude. Fluffy Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Pegasus? I was in Pegasus as a bassist for a while, too. Sean Francis and I have... we, We love each other dearly. And then musically, you know, we're absolute professionals. And so to not stand on ceremony from firing each other from different bands i think he was a drummer for he was a drummer for fluffy buffalo for a good long while and he was a great drummer as well yeah and you know there's eight people in the band shit gets complicated and then i played i played bass for pegasus and they were we were planning to go on a tour and they said well everybody bring your schedules and i brought my schedule and the low wire just booked it was stacked every single waking moment that we could have booked anything Mm. and in that moment sean was like Work. Yeah. yeah, but we get along well, wonderfully these days. He's a wonderful person. Love him a lot. Yeah, he's yeah, a good dude. Cool. Cool. What? Um. What an experience these dogs are. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey, 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 guys. What's like your favorite or maybe the wildest low water string band show that you've played? The one of the most memorable or maybe one of the most. I guess like outrageous or bizarre. There's a couple times yeah, that like you know there, it just rolls on. Last summer had like last summer had a, a kind of a stack of shows in there. You know, the COVID year we played eight shows total. We played four at the beginning of the year, and then we just shut down basically the whole guts of the summer. We didn't do shit, and then we played a couple in the fall, and then the next year when it started opening up i think we played 22 shows which was mm. a lot it was too many damn but with that sort of thing you kind of uh, you're on a intersect with i mean there you're, you're playing events with a lot of people and a lot of different things going on so the potential of something happening is it, it grows in fact uh, so we we were talking about playing the caressa and the next day was Sunday, and that Sunday night, Annie started feeling really bad. Annie, our bass player. Oh, yeah. And the next day, she had her appendix out, right? <gasps> she had almost had a ruptured ruptured appendix. and so During the show? No. No, she was feeling fine during oh. the show, and then all of a sudden, mm. the next day, she was like, oh, I don't feel well. And then it was oh. like the stabbing abdominal pain. She ended up going and getting her appendix out. And then five days later, we had a show at the Jackson Center for Performing Arts. And... We were like, well, where are you at on all this? And she's like, as long as I don't have to carry anything, I think I can do it. So we packed her in the van, nice and easy, packed her in with ice, carried a stool, carried the bass, basically just had her sit and do nothing at all, nothing at all, you know. When the time came to play the show, we had the stool out there, we walked her out gingerly, put her in the stool, put the bass in front of her, played the show, took the bass away, packed her back in the van, packed her with ice, and drove home. And it was just, just kind of like that, you know. Yeah. But then uh, also last summer we had a crazy event where a horse-drawn wagon kind of... The horse went crazy. It was a giant Clydesdale, but it was a paint Clydesdale. So it was giant splotches of white and brown. And there was this huge seating area of, you know, 200 people. And we're sitting there facing them as the uh, processional music providers. And we're standing next to the bride and groom. And the officiant says, who's ready to see these two get married? And everyone screams and whistles, and all of a sudden this horse is going crazy. <laughs> and it starts ripping down through the seating area, and I'm the whole band is just screaming, Everybody look out! 
oh my god, look out. We're like saying, like, pay attention, look behind you, look, 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 go, go. And what? Everybody, everybody turns around and they see this horse like whip around. Luckily, the driver is like cranking on the reins. So he cuts out the back like five rows of this thing. And then the horse flips around and wants to come around. It basically wanted to go back to the barn. And every way that it was being corralled to not go back to the barn was not satisfactory to it at all. And so it, it, it eventually, like, people are scattering. My dad's in the audience. My boss from the place I work with is, like, in the back row as well. And they're just seeing this massive horse just plow through all this stuff. I thought we were going to be stacking bodies like cordwood. At, at some point, <laughs> at some point, it comes out through the seating area and is, is going along the far right side of all the seating area. And a lot of people in the front row are just like, I don't I'm just gonna sit here and this horse is going crazy it bucks it but it, it destroys the harness it's in and, and leaves the wagon there and the last thing between it and us is the <clears throat> wife uh, uh excuse me the mother of the groom and some random dude who'd come with his daughter to the wedding and all you saw were the knees of this horse appear over this dude's shoulders as it like pile drives him into the ground. No! And then this giant horse is headed right towards us. We're like, we have a huge field in behind us. And there's like 20 feet between us and the seating area and this horse is running right at us. And we're just like left, right, left, which way should I go? And then it just swerves and it goes just far enough away from me that I could reach out and touch it. Oh. As it goes down the ha- down the road. And is in the barn, all cut up and horrible, and just you just hear children crying, women screaming. <laughs> no one died. No one died. The gentleman who got stomped, his pelvis was broken, and he had a little bit of a head injury. The mother of the groom had a broken clavicle and a big gash on her face. And everybody's like, "Do we call in life flight? We were in this way back hayfield and all this stuff." It's like, what do we do here? <laughs> It, it all calms down. Some ambulances come. They take the people who are going to go. Mother of the groom is like, no way. The, the, the groom says, she's not going to the hospital until we're married. All of a sudden, these seating areas get reset. Everybody sits down. The wedding goes off. They say their vows. They say deep, meaningful things to each other. Everybody cheers when they're done. And we all leave. And I'm pretty sure that everybody who got in a car to go to the venue afterwards was like, who's got the booze? I need a shot. <laughs> I need a beer. And it was it was like, it was like... It was one of the most crazy traumatic things that I, I'd ever seen. And then I played like a three-hour uh, reception after that. <laughs> yeah. Did you, make, did you make jokes? No. 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 <laughs> it was too fresh. It was too fresh. But I realized uh, that I am totally like wary of horses now in a really specific way. We were playing. We were uh, opening for the little Smokies at Lander Live, and there's this horse that's in the field right yeah, next to City Park. Yeah, that horse chills now, that, man. That horse is chill. You've probably gotten a lot of treats and stuff like that. And the horse is probably seeing more incredible live music than like any horse in Lander. That's but true. still, that's like true. I'm like playing along, and then I'm like, oh, there's a horse. Oh shit! Look at it. Ooh, there's a horse right there. Everybody <laughs> better keep an eye on that horse. You never know. Like, yep. Don't clap. Like clap for us. But don't go crazy. But don't go crazy. Just don't. Nobody whistle. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Well, and as far as non-traumatic shows you've played, mm. you opened for the Wood Brothers yeah. and for Lake Street Dive. Indeed. Both of those, mm. I would say, were like pretty epic moments in your music career. Lake, Yo, Lake Street was amazing. Who else did you open for? Oh. This, is a, this is a little bit of like trivia that was on this mm, last mm-hmm. trivia. Ooh. Before they were like huge. Mm. At Global Arts. Oh. Wait, wait. Yeah. Uh, I opened for Sufjan Stevens personally. Ah! Yeah, you did! Yeah! yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, can you tell us about that show? Tell us about It was a trip. So before you start, we should clarify that Joe and Jordan both grew up in Lander. So they're like true Landerites in the fact that this this is where their roots are. Sarah and I are (laughs) transplant roots. We both have roots here because of the people we are with. So we should clarify that. So Joe has a huge history in Lander. Um, oh, so spanning way back. So talk to, to us about global art. Yeah. Well, Sarah's, so was... Sarah's also a bear. I just want to clarify to everybody. <laughs> She's listening. a bear. Sarah is a bear. The well, cutest little bear you've okay. ever seen. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Asthmatic Kitty, the record label that Sufjan and his and his stepdad Lowell Brahms ran together, mm-hmm. was based here in Lander, where Lowell lives. And my buddy Ed worked for Asthmatic Kitty, the name of the record company, for a good many years. And and Lowell was always a super cool, chill dude. And he knew that I played. And and he saw some of my music one time. And, and um, the office manager for the the record label had never seen Sufjan play. So he's like, oh, I'm going to have him do a set at Global. Do you want to open for him? And I was like, heck yeah, I do. That sounds amazing. That sounds so cool. And then, you know, some time went past. The day came. I missed the call from Lowell saying, hey, we're not going to have you open. We're just going to have him do the thing. So I just showed up to the thing with the guitar being like, I'm ready to go. And he was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so... I went up there and played my songs, and then Sufjan, you know, um, the guy, Ed DeLong, who owned the place, he had a bunch of really beautiful Martins. Some of them were inlaid in just like thousands of dollars in in, uh, Mother of Pearl. And I had this jumbo hollow body Alvarez that was blonde, that was pretty, you know, I liked at the time. And Sufjan was like, hey, can I play your guitar? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, I didn't have him, like, sign it or anything like that. I think I sold, sold it some years ago. And who knows, whoever's got it now, or whoever has it now, probably has no idea who Sufjan even is or anything like that. But it was, it was awesome to watch yeah. him play some of those uh, songs. Had you know, he he's got a song about John. Had what? Had he released any yes, albums he had, at that Yes, he had released Welcome to the Great Lakes State, uh, the Great Lakes State of Michigan, which is a superlative album. Wow. It's, the, it's the door <laughs> opener right there. Like, the cinematic so scope. And the orchestral arrangements are just amazing. I'd never heard anything like that, and it really opened my eyes mm-hmm. um, to some of that compositional possibilities uh, that he was exploring. Super amazing, um, and an amazing album. Still holds up, so if anybody wants to go uh, listen to that. And then he's uh, released some other albums. He was going to do all 50 states. Of course, that didn't like stand up to where his trajectory was leading him, so he's written many different albums. Uh, but one of them was called Come On, Feel the Illinois, and he had just... Yeah. He had just released it, and on there is a song about John Wayne Gacy, the serial killer. You know, mm-hmm. he killed little boys. And he's got this sweet little song about him, like, <laughs> taking their clothes off and killing them. <laughs> it was just <laughs> surreal to watch people who had no idea who he was, and he plays this song, and they're, like, listening to it, and you can just see them, and like, ooh, <laughs> ooh. Yeah, and to think, like, that was the moment that you got to see him, and to think where he is now is oh, indeed. pretty crazy. Yeah, That's before nuts. all the BQE and all that crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about Lowell, because y'all know Lowell. And when I tell people this, motherfuckers are like, what? They're like, dude, I know you love Lander, but, like, quit. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, look at the, look at, like, what the back of this vinyl says. The offices are like... New York City and and LA or whatever and Lander Wyoming like, look at the back of this vinyl yeah. and it says Lander and then I'm like yeah dude, I mean like Carrie and Lowell like that dude lives 
Indeed. He lives in Landers. Oh, yeah. No, it's he, amazing. Yeah, he lives like two blocks that way, right yeah, there. Like, like right there. Yeah, he's a pretty cool, chill dude. Uh, his, I haven't hung out with him wife. much except for um, trivia. Yeah. I was a young adult librarian for some time during my 20s for the local Lander branch of the library. And his wife, Jeanette, at the time was the director. And so I got to know them through that, you know, just really super chill people. I mean, that's the thing you realize, like playing music and stuff like that, it's just people. And they might have these talents that are just amazing, you know, that you just like, wow, who are you as a person? But they're just, you know, in there. And their hard hearts are just people, you know, who do a thing, who do right. a massively artistic thing that affects people massively, which is so cool yeah. to know people like that, you know? Yeah. Okay, so we've talked about this quite a bit mm. on the podcast. I would like you to retell how your side of the story of meeting me. Oh. Because we've talked about it a lot about how I'm like, <laughs> that babe, but. <laughs> Wait, did we ever talk about how Sarah met Jordan? We will. Okay. I feel like we have to we have to go around in that oh, okay. circle because we have talked about it a little bit, I think. Hmm. But so let's hear your recount <laughs> and then we'll talk about these two because I was also there for these two. Mm. I, just like all the stories we're telling are going to make me sound like a way more interesting person than I am, and maybe you in are real an life. <laughs> but, Shut up. So I was I I did the Wyoming Shakespeare Company with a land uh, with a yeah out of Lander here for like ten summers before I decided that I just wanted to do music and I, and I wasn't really interested in acting as much as I was priorly. Um, and we were doing uh, the Scottish play, and in that we were wearing these beautiful wool tunics and. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think, uh, (laughs) and they had nice, they had like a nice kind of like ribbon border to them. They were hot as shit. They were like total sweat factories. And you know, (laughs) we got to like stuff broadswords in our belts and run around in boots. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. uh, You know, um, and for the Scottish play, you, we needed a bunch more dudes. So we pulled from the uh, CWC acting troupe and there was a bunch of killers in there. Like, uh. (laughs) <laughs> Jeremy Alexopoulos and Sterling? No, Sterling wasn't a part of it. I don't think Sterling did time. it that year. Who else was it? But your your brother Cameron was in it as well. And Cameron and I shared a couple scenes as like Lord's Men. Uh, Lord's Men's? Man's? The Lord's Man's? Anyhow. <laughs> well, we were the men of the Lord. And we talked about all the effed up shit that was going on with Elva. There's a great scene where I got to look Cameron in the eye. And we were talking about the death of our king, and the, and I said, it is said his horses did eat each other. <laughs> and Cameron looked horrified, you know, which is a, the appropriate response. Um, anywho, very And Amara nice. was like starry-eyed, like, no, oh, spent a bunch of time. <laughs> and I had seen Amara a couple times on the main stage over in Riverton. Like, there's, you know, the CWC main stage goes through eras where there's like, holy crap, there's some real talent over there that's bringing everybody up to another level. Yeah. And the director just has to sit back and rub his coins together because he's making bank off this, the, you know, this hey. raw talent Woo! that requires no honing. Or he's he, he just like, he's just like, whoa. And one of those was Amara. And then her brother Cameron also was a, a, an absolute killer. And, and, and I knew Amara from seeing a couple musicals and thinking, oh, was that bad? And there were a couple that I was like, this is not my jam. Side note, he hates musicals. I do not like musicals. (laughs) I'm an actor and a musician, and I don't like musicals. There's my dichotomy. Show me yours. (laughs) 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 Anywho. So we did a show in Lander City Park, and it was phenomenal. Actually, I have no memory of it. I just did it, you know. 
And then afterwards, Cameron went to talk to his family, which who had come to see the show was just his mom and his sister. Then he said, he came back and he said, do you want to meet my family? I was like, sure. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where he's like, do you want to meet my family? I was like, yeah, of course, you're lovely. Why, well, yeah, I'll meet your family. And I went uh, and met his mom, who is a lovely, twinkly-eyed lady. And then this just, I don't know, it was kind of striking. I just, this woman, <laughs> this uh, younger woman to me at the time, she was much younger. Um, and I, she was just very vivacious and um, it was so awkward to talk to her because she was so vivacious and she was looking at me like right in the face. Like she was like really looking at me in the face, you know, like, and I was just, I was, I was just squirming. I was just like, oh, this is so massively uncomfortable. You can see what a nerd I am. I can tell right now the nerdness, like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it just and it forced all this thing all these things that she thought were hilarious out of me. You know, I was just like I was just like squirming like vocally and, and you know, like I just I was just like, oh my god, that and, and I was just and I walked away from that experience going, Wow, you stupid jackass. <laughs> like open mouth, insert both your feet until you can taste your butt. And <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which is not how you came off at all yeah you were delightful that, and I just will always remember that her eyes were just twinkling so big mm. and Amara gets this thing where when she's really tickled her mouth goes all the way open and she just <laughs> wordlessly screams until it. then she gets air and then she'll actually scream and it's, <laughs> it's super cute and super endear endearing and that was my impression of meeting her she was just like you know, wordlessly screaming in my face, and I thought, "Wow, that that's that's a, that's a real one right there." And then, you know, somewhat months later, uh, CWC. It was needed, almost two years later. Oh yeah, CWC needed uh, needed more dudes for a uh, for grapes for of grapes wrath. of wrath, mm -hmm. and so I came over and oh, because I requested. I was some sort of camp bosh, and I got kicked in the face, and I shot a woman with a gun. <laughs> um, there are some other things that I did, and it was really good. She'll always remember my purple backpack. I had a low alpine purple backpack. I won't backpack. get rid of it. I still have hey. it. That's it. But for some reason, my not in school, needing no homework or books or whatever, decided to bring this backpack full of, I don't know, treats or something for myself. Sweet. <laughs> my script was in there. Treats <laughs> like candy. <laughs> like, it's sweet. I'm thinking like Rice Krispies. Met her again. Like, yeah. and, and then we spent a bunch of time around each other, and it was good. That purple backpack moment, though, was mm. he walked on stage with that fucking purple backpack on, and I was like, yummy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it was, but I was like, mm-hmm, yeah. that one. And 13 That's years one. later, here we are. And now I know what my Halloween costume is going to be. We have months. the purple backpack. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, so wait, we'll, it's we'll a fish. We'll check out that Bruce Willis t-shirt, and you can be Amara. Oh, Amar I Joe Farr to no, no. Yeah, I'll be Joe. Bruce Willis. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thousand percent. <laughs> and that, that's how I met Amar. Yeah. yeah. That's a wonderful. So that's the story. other side to me always gushing about him coming on stage, me being like, "Wow." Yeah. Well, there, and there was a lot of distance and getting to know each other and stuff. Yeah. And it turns out we're insanely compatible, which is nice, considering that we've been married for like six years. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Hey. Okay. Now you two. Yeah. I want Sarah to tell the story because I'm yeah, sure that I've told. It's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, first of all, 
Where are you from? <laughs> How are you doing? I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Need another snow melt? I do. I feel like... I'm on a famous podcast, and I feel nervous. Right? You're like on Landers' podcast. That's how I feel. <sighs> yeah. Thank God I already talked a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God my part's over. <laughs> yeah. And now I have to follow up Joe's funny, funny segment with the sweet segment, I guess. Mm. And I don't know where to start. That's okay. Ask me a question. <laughs> yeah. Okay, where are you from? Oh, yeah, you did ask me that. That's um okay. I'm from Claremont, which is a town of 140 people outside of Sheridan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very small town, no stoplights, one school, no restaurants. Very, yeah, very small. The gas station serves some pretty, pretty dope burgers, though. It does, yes. Do they have bomb burritos? No. Oh, shoot. No, they have burritos. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Not not hating hating on them. But yeah, didn't grow up with like delivery pizza for me was so exciting when I moved to Laramie because I was oh like, oh my god, I'm, I'm gonna so get it every night. <laughs> yeah, two small town girls. Yeah, two mm-hmm. small town girls and some Lander boys. Population yep. of Kinnear? 43. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, because like we couldn't rent movies because it was right. too far out of town for us to like make the trip back to return them on time. Mm. So like it was a very special treat for us to get anything like that. Like yeah. no deliveries. Nothing. You kind of just made your own fun. Were y'all doing Netflix when Netflix was like... Oh, Netflix was not a thing when I was a kid. Oh, word. Sure, yeah. 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 Netflix wasn't real until I was in college. Yeah, wasn't real. Yeah. I remember, I was just going to say this, in high school when Netflix debuted their DVDs... That we were ordering like six DVDs. Yeah, because you yeah, could. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. pretty wild. How did how did you meet me? <laughs> um, well, it started in I think twenty twelve is what we've decided. That's correct, because I came back as an adult counselor in two thousand eleven. Mm, okay. It would have been. Which is, and you were my first counsel. Yeah. So coming back it would have been two thousand twelve. Which camp was that? Student Leadership Conference. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. At the Parkway Plaza. Yeah. Kelly Walsh High School, too. Yeah. Yeah, you guys kind of did a whole rendition because your first year was our last year at Casper College with Earl. So you were kind of the last generation of of Earlites. Yeah. And then the next year we transitioned into the Parkway Kelly Walsh thing. Or maybe it was Parkway Casper College. I can't remember which. Mm. No, it was Parkway Kelly Kelly Walsh. Walsh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, so I was their counselor. <laughs> yeah. The director of love. Yeah. That's me. 10 out of 10. <laughs> there's definitely, there's like photo evidence of Jordan and I together at SLC. Like we're in the same group photo together. But Jordan doesn't really remember me as much as I remember Jordan, which is why I love to get to tell this story because <laughs> Jordan leaves out this detail. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a crush on Jordan and I left him a little note in his bag and I also DM'd him on Facebook, um, which he, he always... I didn't know that part. <laughs> I had a girlfriend. He had a girlfriend, so he ghosted me, and I didn't oh. think it was going anywhere. That's okay, because it all worked out in the end. Yeah, so years, years go by, and we go to the University of Wyoming together, and we're, like, seeing each other in random places... Uh, Jordan's doing shows and I'm showing up in, at the, in the audience. Um, we're like meeting through mutual friends. Um, and then the solar eclipse happens 
2017. In full totality in Lander. Right. Riverton, Jackson. All the places. Yes. All the places. And I had been, like, trying to figure out how to DM Jordan. Mm-hmm. And... So my friend and I schemed a plan. My friend Amanda, I got a shout out, Amanda. Um, we love her. Yes, we love Amanda Biggs. Uh, she's great. She's uh, a Biggs girl. <laughs> that I'm going to DM him and be like, okay, the solar eclipse is happening in Lander. Is there any cool place to camp? This is my inn. Ooh. Yes. Good call. And then what did you say, Jordan? Well, I was getting off of a plane. <laughs> and... <laughs> I saw this message from Sarah Ellingrod, and I said, oh, wow. Um, but I, I <laughs> she was like, yeah, no, we're going to try to go to the eclipse. And is there anywhere we can stay? And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, you can stay in City Park or you can stay in Sinks Canyon or like in Wilderness or whatever. Or maybe even like, I mean, I could talk to my mom and dad. They would be cool if you like stayed in our backyard. That's fine. Like, you know, Martin, you know. <laughs> And Sarah's looking at me so weird. It's not that weird. My parents I was like, like let friends I'm absolutely hang out. not staying in his parents' backyard. That's, that's cool too. I understand. <laughs> so, so we did not link up for the eclipse. Yes, but this is the entry point because three months later, Jordan DMs me and says, "How was the eclipse?" Way smooth. And that's when three I knew. Three months later. Yeah. Three months later. That's smooth. <laughs> How was it? Did you see it? I saw it. I, well, I mean, she was like. The eclipse is really good. How are you doing? What's going on? You know? Um, How are things? Yes. How are you? Um, (laughs) So we start commenting, liking things on Instagram. and The uh, slow burn. The slow burn. The slow burn, yes. We decided to hang out um, New Year's Eve. Yeah. Ooh, that's significant. It was. That's a pretty big day to spend together. It was significant. My friend group was having a party. Yeah, I met all of his friends and his brother basically on our first date. Dude. Yeah. Yep. It was whammy. That was um, amazing. So I have a very, well, I have a couple specific memories because I just remembered, I think you messaged me and you're like, do you have any Eclipse glasses? Didn't I leave you <laughs> Eclipse glasses in my mailbox? <gasps> you did. I did. <gasps> you're For a part some of the reason, story. For some reason, the way you told that, I was like, and you? Because Philip was there too. Yeah, because you were with Philip. I forgot about that. But then the second one is, is both of you came to see Almost Maine. Which is the first production that Communal Pancake did and that Joe and I were both in together. And I specifically remember, because it was opening night, I remember both of you were at the Lander Bar with us afterwards talking to each other. And I remember (laughs) looking back and being like, "Eh, eh, I forgot about that. Yeah. That was like one of our first dates, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Aww. Whoa, I forgot about that. I did too. I remember it's a very it. specific memory because I was sitting at the, the table with all of you guys <laughs> and Joel was with me because Joel and Brett came up mm-hmm. and I just remember talking to both of you and then looking back and you were like chatting at Aww. the bar like you were both sitting at the bar and I was like, okay. Yo, I'm very totally. excited because I'm like two of my favorite SLC peeps are like <laughs> hanging out. I was very excited. Yeah. Um, I was just, I have to interject with, I have a very specific memory and I don't know if it's the same night of you, Amara, oh God. at the Lander Bar. And I, now I'm thinking it might've been multiple nights. 
<laughs> I've been there a few times. <laughs> but you are, you and I are just singing at the top of our lungs to something on the jukebox. And I don't know if it was ABBA or it was like something like 70s. I think it was that night. But it felt like so was beautiful. Good. And I it just had to good. say that. So. Okay, well, I'm pretty the, sure it was that night. People love yeah. singing with Amara. Yeah. Well, she's great. <laughs> this is a perfect really go for it. transition. So Sarah and I were in Hawaii. And we were in a random bar oh, no. that was also like a Chinese restaurant that was amazing. Long story short, Sarah is one of the best karaoke individuals <laughs> you have ever seen. And I have video evidence for all my listeners. But um, what can you just like, place us in, in, in the can you transport us there? Yes, sure. So I'm pretty shy normally, but when I get a little alcohol in me and <laughs> there is a chance for karaoke, it is my time to shine. <sighs> and I love it. I will work the crowd. I will dance around. We got to go to the Maverick. I'm sorry. We got to do it. We got to go hang with T-Bong. Anyway, Always continue. down. Always down. Um, so we get to this place. It's like two or three in the morning. It's our last stop of the night. We're all very tired, except for me. I am ready to go. <laughs> and... Everyone's ordering water. I'm like, let's get some shots. And we're like, it's a very weird vibe. There's like five other people <laughs> in this bar and they're all older. <laughs> they're, but they're all like interested in you doing karaoke. Yeah. They're all very invested. For sure. For sure. Um, so I walk in straight to the bouncer lady and I'm like, okay, super bass, Nicki Minaj, do you have it? And she's like, you need to order a drink first. And I was like, all right, cranberry vodka, do you have super bass? And she was like, all right, I'll get you your drink, and then you can look through. The book. She was not having it, but then she hands me this book, and it's this thick, which with my hands I'm doing like it's very th six inches thick, and I'm like looking through, and she does have super bass, and so I get it. I think I entered myself in their little hat like ten times. I was like, I'm gonna play this song. <laughs> um, so there and, are other people karaoke. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It's a weird vibe, and so then I get called up. I. I sing this song and the crowd is going wild. Well, That's yeah, what I remember. Nicki Minaj, okay? okay? <laughs> Can we talk about that? That is your go-to karaoke song. Like yeah, the rest of ours are like, shit. yeah, like you know, difficult things like Elton John, but like totally expected. Whereas Sarah comes up, she's like, "Fucking Nicki Minaj, let me handle it." And let me, I'm saying That's though, awesome. These folks were like, they were not just like into it. They were not just like watching Sarah. There was this old man who was at at the bar who like turned the fuck around and was like looking at all of like the the uh the waitresses around him and they were like are you hearing this shit are you hearing this shit and i'm like he was like this pumping at one point he stands up out of his chair to sarah like walking around like doing super bass and you know everybody else is like yeah yeah and this dude Paid for a drink for Sarah after the song. He was like, nice. yo, that was like, that shit was insane. Like, you <laughs> murdered it. I do. Now I got to go. He was so into yeah. it. That's amazing. Yeah. And Thank now you. we have to go do karaoke. Yeah. And all the waitresses were like very grumpy, also. That's yeah. the only thing I, yeah. I remember. It was a great time, though. Sarah killed it. Everybody else was very happy. All the waitresses were very grumpy. Hmm. That's like. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right okay. for about two, three in the morning. Everything was yeah. pink. Yeah. 
Okay, but also, though, <laughs> the Maverick in Lander. Mm. First of all, not being from here, the first time Joe said, I'm playing a gig at the Maverick, oh, I was man, like, was the so gas surreal. station? Like, I, I was unaware that the Maverick was a bar downtown, yeah. right? I have had some of the best nights of my life in that bar. Mm. It is skeezy, it is divey, and it is amazing. And they have the best karaoke there. And there is this woman. Her name is T-Bone, is what she goes Mm. by. Mm. Shouts T-Bone. Yeah, she's a regular, and she can crush karaoke. Like, her voice is like this beautiful low alto voice and she what? can just i mean i'm not kidding because no, really? i took my best friend jenny there when she Holy came back from smokies. la also a very like big karaoke person and she was like please take me to do karaoke in, oh, in lander and i was like so covety too yeah, was crazy well, we i was like good luck goodbye <laughs> So we were we were all just coming out of it because we had all just been vaccinated. We were like, well, I guess YOLO. Yeah. And we went down there and T-Bone got up there and I was just like, all right, okay. And then she started singing and I was like, holy shit. So now we all have to go do karaoke. I don't mean to be snarky, but okay, did yeah, she yeah. sing Black Velvet or did she no, sing that was me. Black Velvet? Oh, I you sang Black Velvet. <laughs> okay. I love Black that Velvet is my karaoke song. Oh, what a great song. She's, I don't remember what she sang, but I just remember being like... <sighs> Because the last Fluffy Buffalo show ever was at the Maverick. Yeah, indeed. And it was the best show that you guys have ever done. It was wild. I, we, it was we did insane. A, we did a cover of Johnny Cash's cover of Nine Inch Nails' Hurt in a, <laughs> in, in a funk style. You guys, and I watched insane. people throw their heads to their hands and say, Holy fuck, <laughs> what is this? This is amazing! And that was the last show we ever played with that band. And now I'm realizing that you're a woman of many hidden talents. Because you also spanked the shit out of me at Beer Pong one New Year's Eve. <laughs> That's true. No, during our holiday party. It was our holiday party. And I was like, I am messed up. But she is fucking a sniper. She is a sniper. (laughs) She is just nailing it. I was like, oh my God, I got to quit doing this. We're old, I guess, because we just cannot hold our own against you two. Mm. I know it's specifically Sarah. Yeah, yeah, you are crushing. Sarah's a sniper. I mean, yeah, no offense, yeah. Jenny. That's, that's no, no. Oh, her right arm. I, I, I want to sure. pick her next time because yeah. <laughs> no, that. That and I remember because we we'll we, couples uh, we hadn't had a lot of we had not gotten together with a lot of Amara's friends. I'll admit, I'm old. I got an old friend group, you know. Yeah. Um, and so we had not gotten together with a lot of her friends, but we had you guys over. We sat in the great. garage and we chatted, and I was really impressed. Oh by yeah, that your, was your intelligence and your and your um. That was COVID times, man. Where you were. And I was like, dang. And I got a, I, I did not I had a good sense of you before that, and I have a good sense of you now. And I was like really impressed with you. That's so sweet. Yeah, that was a really good night because that was still kind of during COVID. You're times. hilarious, and I'm sweet. Oh, oh shit! Oh, the turntables. Oh, the turntables. So oftentimes on this podcast, we talk about. Lander and how it's changing and I'm curious Mm -hmm. for both Joe and Sarah to kind of talk about Joe being here for many years and kind of seeing those changes and how that feels and then also Sarah walking into kind of the middle of what those changes are and how Lander feels and I want to kind of see if if there's a difference in in the feel of Lander. Yeah absolutely Mm. amazing question. So Joe start off 
Because I feel like since you you have I don't kind know, of man. a longer it's, yeah, it's interesting growing history. up here. So my parents moved here in '83 when I was four years old. I was born in Torrington, Wyoming. So I'm not actually OG from here. Amara was born in the Lander Hospital. So Boy, howdy, Craig, hey, man, damn, that is Craig. Yo, but uh, Jordan wasn't. I was not born in the Lander Hospital. Am I the only one in this room that was? I was born in the Riverton <gasps> Hospital. <gasps> oh, you're Shut right. up. Yeah, that's we sauce. swapped. I might we swapped. Cut, I might cut that out. <laughs> I don't know. Th- things have changed a lot. But like when my parents moved here in '83, U.S. Steel, which was the main source of jobs in town, up on the pass, you'll drive through the old mine site if you're on your way to Rock Springs or Green River or Farson or Atlantic City. You know, yeah, there's an old steel mill up there. And when we moved here in '83. It was just about to shut down, and that microcosm of the major employee employer for the town, and it actually changed the landscape of the town quite substantially, because there was a lot of blue collar, you know, there was a lot a lot of workers and workers' families, and you know that uh, skilled labor, but maybe not educated, and so like all the problems that come with that, or or not maybe not problems, but the the, the things that come with that uh, were a large part of what the town was. And then the town, you know, U.S. Steel closed down. A lot of people moved away. There was a lot of vacant houses and stuff like that. Yeah. And as people kind of readjusted to find ways to be here, and that's always been the thing with Lander is how do you make it make sense to be here? Like, what job yeah. do you work? And, like, what, what Lander did after U.S. Steel was that these uh, just a huge variety of industry filled in all the gaps. So we had agriculture. We had outdoor industry. We had... Um, governmental jobs, not just state, but federal, because we're on the southern boundary of the Wind River Indian Reservation. So, like, it became much more diversified in the economy, and therefore the, 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 the population base was much more diverse as well. There was a lot of educated and uneducated, and there was, you know, rural, um, you know, um, farm and ranch workers and stuff like that. And then there were, you know, outdoor industry pros there were you know hunters and outfitters there's just this huge variety of people and their reasons for being here were hugely varied as well yeah um and so lander became this microcosm right the rise of Knowles becoming a prominent national school and being the like the school for the outdoor recreation and they had not only their national headquarters they had their national headquarters and their rocky mountain branch here and that brought this whole vibe of like crunchy granola eating smelly hippies now pardon me i'm generalizing but uh but it really was yeah. i think to the benefit of the town it really rounded that out you know it seemed like the scales were balanced but it wasn't like two sides to a scale it would be like 26 sides to a scale sure and they all balance and there's this interconnectivity and i don't know i think uh i told my dad you know because he he's like this place i like to go that i won't mention because it's super secret he was back in there in like 89 and he stepped over a log, got bit by a rattlesnake. And it's just the the wildness of that. You can still step over that same log and get bit by a rattlesnake today. Mm-hmm. But it's different. There's more people who know about it, right? The, the, the nature of the world and our interconnectivity and the amount of information that's just present and available for anyone and everyone. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I myself rely on it a lot. Like I'm going to change my brakes later in the week and I've never done it before, but I... There are videos that are going to show me exactly how to do it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or my brake pads on my car is what I mean to say. But um, it seems like now the the pendulum, it just never, it's never static, right? It, it always is fluctuating and changing. And so I think the older you get, the more you wish things would just stay the same. But it's kind of like the misnomer 
of Make America Great Again. What exactly are we talking about? What era exactly are we talking about? Because yeah. like, I look back at my childhood and it's so golden to me, but that was a hard time. That was a really hard time for a ton of people. And I, if I had to have a job at that time, I wouldn't have lived here anymore. I would have moved. I've had guys who, who said, you know, back in the day, if I'd had a choice, I would have lived in Riverton, but not in Lander. And now I would live in Lander, but I would not live in Riverton. It's like the, 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 the tide ebbs and flows and the industries change and people come in and they see this amazing community that's so varied and has so many different aspects to it. They think, well, I want to be a part of this or I want to take advantage of this or this is the community that people are going to pay a million dollars to come in here and buy this house. And so, you know, it's changing all over the West COVID, politics, you know, state, local, and, and, and uh, you know, um, national politics are changing the reasons why people are where they're at and why they feel the way that they do. Like, there's been some really big conversations on the national scale that have moved a lot of people around the country. So, we're, I mean, Lander has always been a mishmash of transient type people. who Everybody's from someplace. And to be from here is kind of a dubious accolade. And I've said that before, <laughs> if you're wondering if I just came up with that. No, it's a dubious accolade when you're from a place like this. Because mm -hmm. usually all you do is you watch it change and it's not always for the best. I yeah. met some really great people who have moved here and I'm so glad that they're here. And I see some of the people who have moved here and I wish they'd go back where they came mm -hmm. from. You know, they bring their, they bring the politics that they wish were a part of where they came from and they try to institute it here. And, and it's like... I'm like, that's not the Lander aesthetic, but is my opinion of what the Lander aesthetic is, is that what it is? Or is yeah. that just my view? I think it's that, I think it's that sort of thing. It's an ambiguous, it's a window in time. It'll always be my perspective and yeah. you know, never anyone else's. So do you feel like, so we talk about the vibe of Lander a lot too, of like how it feels. There's, there's a, a certain energy here. Mm. Do you feel like one, that that's true, and two, do you feel like in the time that you've been here, has that changed? Has that ebbed and flowed? Like, do you feel like that vibe of Lander that you've always felt well, is I, the same or is it different? And I think it's, and it's really, a, that's a great question, but it's impossible to answer because I age every day. I change, right? Every day, who I am changes. It changes further. Every time, every day that I live, I change and I grow closer to who I'm becoming and further away from who I've been. And the perspective of the person that I was and the perspective of the person that I will be are two totally different ones. And it's really hard to say, being in, the, in a constant state of transition and change, to say what that change is or what it will mean, right? You know, I don't know. I think that I'm getting older and I think that I, I look at a lot of the changes and I think this is not good. But there's always been that element, right? If it could be like all just encapsulated into some like beautiful, meaningless thing, like you know, make America great again. Like, like what exactly the fuck are you talking about, dude? Yeah. What what moment in time are we talking about? Because it's always a matter of perspective, who you were in that moment, not and how you viewed it in that moment, not like you as the ideal person, your best self, viewing it the most magnanimously you could. I don't know. Lander's, Lander's changed a lot. It's going to continue to change. It's just, pe people want this. People, people like, they, they come in here and they think, wow, this feels good. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people go, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. And I got to go. This, I'm, I'm just churning my wheels. I'm not going anywhere. And maybe Lander's not about going someplace, but about being here. 
Because that's kind of how it always has been for me. I don't know. It's interesting. I think I just said a lot of things without saying anything at all, but... But no, I don't trying, know, dude. I'm trying, trying to. You got me in a trance. I'm trying to. I'm trying to encapsulate what it is, you know, because it's it's so ambiguous. It's so it's so um, ethereal and un. It's sub, it's absus, of substance, but in in substance, uh, you know, it's insubstantial, in right? You can't grab it. You can't feel it. You, I mean, you can feel it, but you can't see it. You can't put your hands on it. I don't know. Yeah. In the words of Jack Black, if I knew what it was, I'd bottle it up and give it away for free. <laughs> you know, because it's, it's a great feeling. But I don't know what yeah. it is, so I just keep, you know, I keep hanging out because it feels good here, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Okay. Shit. Sorry, that's a lot. That Bear, was good. Bear, how do you feel? Yeah, tell us about your... Uh, <laughs> she's like, ah! Follow yeah. up all that bloody <laughs> So I like Bake Shop. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bake Shop. Ba- Angie! Angie, shout out. Shout out to Angie. All right, there's a lot of good new stuff. Yeah. Um. Okay, yeah, I'll try to sum up my thoughts. I feel like, so my introduction to Lander was the Lander 4th when I was in college. This is before I was like dating Jordan. And I was like, what is happening? Like I've never been to this place and this place is absolutely wild. Um, and so I, I like had a curiosity about Lander and then when I met Jordan or when we started dating, like seeing Lander through Jordan's eyes was such a cool experience because I, I don't know, like I've never had a sense of like Claremont is my hometown. I like in the same way that Jordan does where like, he, yeah, he like loves Lander. He wants, I mean, this podcast is a showing of his love for Lander. Oh, right, totally. And his music shows that, and his art in, in so many different ways, and, like, we spend a lot of time here because it's very, very special to him. And I think, like, that's the Lander for me, is, like, I go here, and I don't know, I was talking with May Rats um, when we were shooting photos a couple days ago, and... Who we also like, love. Another incredible love. Yes. Yeah. And she was, like, her person, Sam, like, feels more of himself being in Lander. And I, I totally relate to that with Jordan. Like, Dude. he is, he, it, it is where he belongs. Hey, that's enough. Yeah, so that's, that's definitely my, like, my overwhelming feeling of Lander. Obviously, the community itself is, is incredible. I think Joe summed it up really well with, like, I don't know if melting pot's the right word, right? But, like, there is, like, so many different groups of people coming together with different interests. And it's, like, how are we all creating a community? And maybe it's, like, it's a work in progress, right? Like, how are we all, like, we're all agreeing and disagreeing on different things. But ultimately, like, people are drawn to nature. People are drawn to community, whatever that looks like for them. Um, people are drawn to small town. So I think it's it's cool to see Lander try to do that and... I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see like what Lander will become. I really hope it doesn't become a Jackson. Not that there's anything wrong with Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Nervous laughter. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. I think Lander has its own thing going, and that's cool. Yeah. Well, and and I feel like the pride that that you both have of Lander may be slightly different, but like cut of the same cloth. Of Mm. like, you're very proud of this place. Right, and I think we all are. Like as we as we come in here and we become a part of Lander, I think we all are a very 
we're very proud of it. I mean, it is like a really cool community and we also realize like there's a lot of big change happening and also a lot of change that needs to happen that yeah. maybe isn't coming so quickly, you mm-hmm. know? One of the um, things that's unique to me as a creator and you as a creator is yeah. that how many creators are here? Mm-hmm. You there's know, so many, It doesn't man. feel like there's borders between these groups, but like there's like these arbitrary boundaries, you know, but like no one's like... No one's like feeling like I can't step across this line and go talk to that person mm. or whatever, right? Right. And but there's something about Landry, right? Like, you're a creator. I'm yeah. a creator. You're an artist. Mm-hmm. You're a badass. <laughs> Isn't that wild? And there's so many creators that are like so many artists that are um, not just like create art, but are substantial artists. Oh, indeed. Artists that are like, in my opinion, like incredible standout. I think of like even artists, you know. I think of artists like um, that I went to high school with, artists that I was in the same art club. I think of like Joe McGowan or a Henry, Henry Austin or a Kyle Lehman or I think of a Griffin Lehman or an Odom Ben. And those are just... A Wolf Johnson. Right. A Wolf. Or I, I think of so many artists. Noel that, Wyman, Robbie Wyman. Right, yeah. man. Those are even just musicians? artists that I like saw in the art class with me. And they were like not just doing art. It was like substantial like it really felt, upper level stuff like they were doing some different shit mm. all of those people but this is Lucas like, Watkins all of those people and they're just like in a two year age gap than I am isn't that wild yeah this is like the whole thing with Lander though like everything is done so like next level like swimming it's pretty like, epic when George yeah. was like oh yeah swimming is like people shave their heads and people do this and I'm like the commitment what? level. <laughs> it's like Lander has a commitment level that everybody just agrees to and jumps in on. Yeah. Is kind of how it feels. Like, it's like, we could be sitting around twiddling our thumbs going, oh, what is there to do? But we're like making our own yeah. realities. Yeah. And, like artistically and socially. Like something like this is very social but very creative. I feel like a lot of the, like, the groups, you know, music groups and whatnot, you know, it's like that kind of social artistry that artistry that goes on and it's cool yeah i should i should have benefited from it massively in my life yo what do you think that is do you think it's like my logical brain doesn't want to say like it's coincidence that we have all of these badass artists (laughs) in this like one like lander is just saturated with all of these like amazing artists part of me wants to say like lander um I don't even know if I have the right words for it. You know Something what I mean? about this social and physical environment fosters creativity. For some reason, it's everywhere. Yeah. And for some reason, like, everybody has the thing that they're doing. Like, there's uh, amazing handcrafts, uh, pe- people who are incredible physical artists and people who are incredible performing artists there's great writers in town that sort of thing maybe it's a like a crime of passion we have the time to do it and so like the whole point of being here and the benefit to living here is also the detriment like the the lack of amenities right yeah but also we don't live in a very um artificial environment a lot of the eateries a lot of the you know co-ops and stuff like that like everything is homegrown Everything is something that someone is doing, whether or not it's the bake shop or it's alchemy or it's, you know, uh, whatever, the mechanic shop or whatever. Like these aren't, there's not a name on it. It's not CarQuest. It's expert. It's not like, you know, some, some, you know, Sutherland's gallery or whatever. It's the the local co-op of musician or, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, 
of artists, you know? Yeah. There's something about it that's, like, very homegrown, and it kind of, like, gives you the go-ahead to do your own thing as well, right? Yeah. I feel like the the word to kind of sum that up is intentional. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like it's work everybody needs to do is to be more intentional, but maybe that's kind of why Lander is so cool is people are very intentional about what they create, right? Like, thinking about the fact that we don't... Ow! <laughs> A dog is biting me. Uh-huh. Um, that we don't have a ton a of amenities. Jump. I mean, that was an intentional choice by the city of Lander. Right. Right. Yeah. To not, like, have a bunch of box stores here. Like, that That was intentional. Yeah. And I feel like that intentionality kind of carries across in, in the way people live here, right? I mean, you have totally. to kind of be intentional mm-hmm. to live here. Because yeah, yeah. you know that you don't have a ton of amenities. And you know that there's not a ton to entertain you but what you create yourself. Mm-hmm. And so maybe yeah. like that's that's one of the keys. So that's kind of what Jordan and I have kind of discovered. We're exploring in this podcast is what is Lander, and there's a lot of key elements to it. And maybe intentionality is another one mm-hmm. that that I don't know if we've touched on before. Yeah, you know, of being like Lander's pretty intentional in a lot of ways. Well, and maybe there's like a you know yeah a purpose built into that intention as well, right? Yeah, like there's not enough distraction that you cannot follow what you want to do, right? There's and and everybody around you is doing something, so it's like it gives you the go ahead, you know. Right. Yeah, and it's it's not like gatekeepy where like if you go to a city, your art has to be a certain thing in order for mm-hmm. you to be able to, to have a shot. Hashtag make it. Yeah, and here it's like figures. we'll give you a shot, do something weird, try it out. I mean, I think there could always be more of that, but right. I think maybe a little weirder. Least, I would yeah. like even some more weird. <laughs> give me a little more weird, Lander. That's what yeah. I want. <laughs> I know, yeah, no, for real. And I think I mean, kind of like a lot of growth to do for sure. A ton, a ton of growth, so much growth. I think maybe just to like piggyback off what Sarah just said. One of the things that I was so adamant about with with Gemcent Pack in Laramie is the idea that um, you know, like a little bit more than an hour south in Fort Collins, if you wanted to perform and do shows in a venue like Hody's Half Note or like the Aggie you uh, would have to be selling tickets just to break even. And if you did sell the amount of tickets that you um, were handed that you were needed to sell, then maybe you could make a little bit of money if you wanted to open up in a 15 or 20 minute set for like a medium sized name. Whereas like, I wasn't willing to fucking settle for that shit. Like this is our art and you're an artist too and you deserve to get paid for that. Right. And like not be controlled necessarily by the person that just like owns the venue and like controls the ticket sales, right? That's why that DIY scene is everywhere. Yeah. Right? Right. Like any any place that those bigger acts are playing, if you look, there's like the underpinnings of the whole thing. It's that DIY community that exists in support of the local mm. artists, right? Totally. Totally. Absolutely. And it's like... You got all these artists, like, I mean, probably hundreds that I didn't meet or know about or ever hear in Laramie when I was going to school down there that did art and that, like, would have been amazing to see. And I wish I could have seen them, but I didn't. Right. You know, but that's what Gemcent was all about is, like, a collective of artists that holds each other accountable and, like, you know, kind of, like, holds each other up and supports each other. But also, like, we get paid to do art. Like, make no mistake. You know what I mean? We're not going to, like, sell tickets down at the Aggie, like I have to sell 25 tickets to break even just to like open up for a name. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're gonna all support each other and like ride together and advertise it together and make money together. And that's what we did and I feel very proud about that. Like I obviously do, I have a tattoo on my arm about it. 
And then coming home to Lander and being able to open and like perform in Lander, we obviously don't have like maybe the demographic that Lamer, that Laramie does, um, where it's like Laramie and the University of Wyoming are attached at the hip. And it's like lots of like younger kids that are looking for a show, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like Laramie's an amazing community. Um, but coming home to Lander and being able to do a show felt just as homegrown, if not like more to me in a way that like, I don't know, was just wild. And people here and those businesses here, like I have to give a shout out to the forge while the forge was still here, you know, the forge, like, and the lander bar, like put us up, gave us a rider, like paid us in ways that like the people that like drove up and performed, we had never seen before. We were just like people that were making beats and like writing music. And we got, like, paid to do that. And that's, like, special, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know from my perspective, it feels pretty awesome, the amount of support that we feel when we put on events for, for the low water, you know? Yeah. Uh, we did the Wyomericana tour with uh, Screen Door Porch in there last year. And we were the, the only other consistent band that was on the whole tour. And we did, like, ten dates. And every and then at the end we all got paid out, you know. And Aaron from Screen Door included a a, a notar- notarized like, here's the show, here's what we made, here's what we made on merch, here's what yeah da da da, you know, all of them. And Lander's show was like three of the other shows. It was so huge the <laughs> way that Lander showed up to come out and support yeah. us, yeah, and and to be so proud of us to be on this this Wyoming homegrown tour. And just like be like, wow, look, look at the number right there. Look at that number compared to any other number. Like that's that's a that's a lander number. Right. And I'm not surprised is the thing about it. <laughs> it's like I knew it was going to be like that because people are when you when you're doing it and you're going for it and they they support you, which is fucking cool, man. And it's yeah. it's kind of unique. I don't know. Maybe it's I know. Maybe other other towns got that sort of thing going on. I don't know. I don't know. Some some have to. I mean, but I think, like, it's crazy to think, like, the size of Lander and the way that people in Lander show up, you know. Well, yeah, because we talked about this on our last episode, too. Yeah. Like, the way Lander showed up for the baseball team. Right, I know. Like, insane. In the fi- this was in the 50s, before, mm. mind you, before Knowles. Like, before, like, lots of other, like, before, like, Lander was diversified in the amount of, like, individuals that were sure. here for specific reasons. A lot of blue color. You know what I mean? Lander like businesses showed up in the fifties yeah, like, to support a baseball team yeah, to fly like, to Canada. Local pilots were like, "Sure, we'll fly him to to Canada for free." <laughs> like five local pilots. Huh. Like so, I think that like that is, is definitely something that we've also realized through this is like Lander shows up, shows up, mm. you know, mm. in a lot of ways, and like I think in some ways, like I think especially as we're moving forward and growing a lot more with having more people coming in, I think we're we need to be aware of fragmentation but i think that that vibe will always stay yeah is that lander will show up what can be done better i guess like as we're like this is the end of season two right and at the beginning of season two we got questions and we got comments regarding people's like the nuance of it right right, us being like we love lander and also what can change and what can be better yeah and also, like, not everybody has a positive experience with Lander. Mm-hmm. What, in y'all's opinion, do you see? What could be done better? What would you like to see individually? Hmm. I can start while you think Go on it. Go for it. Because I feel like 
my answer won't be as cool as yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's also really interesting too because you're coming in from an from an outside perspective of sure. like you are now a part of the community, but newly too, right? I mean, like both of us are. We don't we don't have the longevity that these two do. So I feel like your your view on it is is really good. I'm hopefully going to redeem my answer when Mayrats and I were talking earlier and I said I want a vintage store in an airport, which well, is, yeah. is something. That goes without <laughs> saying. Like, right? Like, a good vintage store and a place to fly out of would be oh, man. an Indian restaurant. Yes. How right? much, like, how about an Indian restaurant in the airport? I yeah. Told, I would yeah, just hang out there and drink Folgers for like... Like Next to the vintage shop. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Right. Okay, beyond that, <laughs> without getting too dicey, because I know politics is it's a hot topic. Mm. Um, obviously, there is, like... Get dicey. Cool. Okay, okay. You get in there. Like, in Lander does, out of all the Wyoming communities, I've, I've seen people show up for, you know, like, Pride Month, for example. Like, people show up for different communities, and that's really exciting. There's just, like, I want more of that. I don't want people to ever be scared or fear in the community community that they live in. Um, I remember when we had the Black Lives Matter rally and it was very incredible to see everyone show up, but there was a lot of scary stuff that happened that day and people acting out and I don't know, like that kind of stuff. Sledgehammer guy. Yeah, well, there's an element of people trying to police that, you know. Yeah, and I, I just think my last piece is like, something that we think about a lot is like, when will we come to land or when will we move here? Because I think there is, is that, that time that will come. I don't know when that is yet, but we think about having kids and like raising kids in this community or raising kids in Wyoming mm -hmm. is like, it's really hard for me to think about raising my kids without diversity, without diversity of thought, without different perspectives. And I think Lander has it to some degree, but it's it's still Wyoming. Right. And I I mean, Wyoming has an amazing opportunity to welcome refugees and immigrants to the to the state and and make communities better. And we choose not to. We choose not to. And so I think that's like a big thing that I think we could improve upon. I don't know what that looks like, but you being bet. welcoming is a is a great start. Yeah. Wyoming's really interesting to me because there's there's consistently that like that rubbing, right? That push and pull where it's like, when you look at like the value of Wyoming that most people agree with, right? It's that we're gritty. It's that we love the wide open spaces. It's that we love to like make something out of nothing that we're like welcoming. Like if you have a, a flat tire on the side of the road, like you'll probably have six people stop to help you, right? Like the, the helping aspect is there, but then there's this like weird dichotomy where that doesn't translate over into everything. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we all have that. It's all within us. We've all been raised that way to be like these wonderful, welcoming, like everyone's welcome here. Come mixed with don't come here. Yeah. I'm afraid of you. And there, right. there's that, like, I think you hit it on the head pretty, pretty well. Like there's just a weird push and pull where we can't quite bring those two things together. Um, and I think Lander sees a lot more of that maybe than other communities yeah. too. Yeah. Yep. You know, cause we were just having a conversation about, about the different communities that like exist within Lander mm. and that there's a lot of different viewpoints. And sometimes we just have a hard time I'm doing it with my hands, but just kind of like <laughs> kind of melting them together in, in the way that we view Wyoming to be, but it's not actually what it is. Yeah. Right. Like it's that feeling that we have that we can't quite like execute. 
Yes. And I and I just feel like Lander has a big a big push and pull mm. often because of the transient nature, because mm. of the people who have been here for for right. decades, right? Like like they may be the third, fourth generation of Landerite, right? And so they those two things, it's it's just an interesting place to be in that way. Yeah, Lander's got like the just that magic quality, you know? That kind of like feel. A lot of people who come here feel that. Whether or not it's conservative or liberal ideals, they project that onto that feeling. And whether or not those are ideals from either side of the spectrum are attached to reality at all, it's hard to say. And I definitely felt some of that creeping prejudice against the unknown. And, but I also could feel it when that broke and I met people and had true interactions with them that allowed me to see them as people and to see them where they were coming from and the reality of their lives. And um, it, it's changed a lot for me. And it's also changed my, I think we all have our ideals the way we wish the world were. And in some ways, Lander allows you to believe those really strongly. And then in some ways, it really challenges them a lot. And so to have that, that push and pull, like you were saying, is an interesting aspect of this place that exists alongside that feeling of like just the magic and, the, and, the, and that like creative space and being a part of a community of creators and that sort of thing. And then seeing people who, who don't see it that way, you know, knowing people who are more fearful and um, drawn back and reserved and do not want to interact with all aspects of our, of our community. I don't know. It's interesting. The older I am, the more confused I get. (laughs) I feel like I've said a lot of things without saying anything. Should I go into politics? I don't I I was just saying, true politics, (laughs) Joe. Um, I feel like you are not sounding like a politician right now. Especially not like a Wyoming guy politician. (laughs) There were discrepancies. Mm. My daddy worked on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so the, the question that I ask everybody that comes on our podcast. What is your favorite lander smell? Sarah's laughing, so she can go first. No, I'm not ready. <laughs> I gotcha. I like uh, I like coming down off the hill about lunchtime, driving past the Gannett Grill, and just getting that big old waft of there you burger go. And, and fried grease. Like, I was like, an that onion. shit almost makes me eat it every time I smell it. I'm like, oh, I know what it's gonna do to me, but damn, <laughs> that smell and the fact that I have not eaten breakfast is crushing me right now. And I'm gonna eat a healthy sandwich, uh, but I also like, uh, I also like, uh, you know, choke cherries. Oh. There are so many mm. choke cherries around here. Yeah, like, yeah. Choke cherries, lilacs, maybe apple blossoms, you know, or the apple valley. There's just there's remnant of so much orchard around here. Smelling those apple blossoms, smelling those lilacs, the currants, the smell of water for me too. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you are poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I'm a musician like you, right? It's right. So, yeah. Yeah. Write it down. Yeah. I'm so, somebody write this I'm down. Like this. I'm, having, I'm, a, I'm like stagnant. I need to have some help writing some lyrics. <laughs> I got you. What about you? Okay, okay. I feel like for me, Lander is like Jordan's home, like Jordan's family. And so I think for me, it's like Jordan's mom cooking like roasted almonds in the oven. Oh. The smell of like mm. her cooking. I think for me is like what Lander is and it's just like a feeling of home. Well, that's good. <laughs> Mine is the smell Jeez of the actual sinks. Yeah, it's very sweet. 
<laughs> oh no! Are we all gonna start crying? Oh god! Is this gonna be any good if we don't cry a little bit? <laughs> I feel like that was the only thing that this pod, that this particular episode needed, was me to tear up a little bit and then make Sarah sort of ventilate tear up. Then we'll <laughs> just make Joe and I tear up a little bit. It's fine. We'll bully you and then you can. Do you have anything to add for our for our listeners for the end of season two? It's been a good season. It's been amazing. Yeah. It's been so fun. Yeah. What a cool thing! What a document! What I an amazing some... thing you guys have done! Yeah, you're, yeah. you're documenting a thing. Feels cool. That's it cool. does feel cool. Feels like purpose to me. Yeah. Um, there's nobody else I'd rather do it with. Same. Cool. Oh. Yep. Now I'm going to start crying. Don't cry. Oh. No, don't make that face at me while you cry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here Thanks with us. Y'all. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for having us. Yeah. In more ways than one. <laughs> this is that, this is that Claremont Hall Galley connect. <laughs> Fuck that Casey 1A volleyball, baby. This is Claremont Arveda, baby. <laughs> for real. This shit is locked. Yeah. I just need to let you know before we sign out. Wait, did you play volleyball? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> of but you our, did. but our, I know. But our rivals were Shoshone. Yes. <laughs> wow. I need, I need to hear about that on the season three opener. Season three opener. Season three opener. Volleyball in Wyoming. Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Okie dokie. This is Jordan. This is Amara. This is Deerlander. We love you. We'll talk to you in a while. In a year or so. (laughs) Maybe less. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Goodbye.